This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. There he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Good morning, good morning. Coach Hogg here in uh, in the Warthog Command Center this morning on uh, Piney Woods of North Central Florida in the Mellon Law Studio. Mellon Law, 50 years of experience, official, only official law firm partner of the Gators, whom we'll be talking about in a little bit, the Florida Gators, and they won't back down, of course, neither the Gators nor Melbourne Law, and of course, protected 24-7, the studio by Crime Prevention, cpss.net. Check out the mugshots, of course, with uh, uh, Mr. T. McDaniels and our 45,000 hits a month that goes. So today's um, interesting day. We're not too far away now from uh, this kind of um, fascination we have with controlled violence called football and tremendous amount of money spent on it. Uh, we're going to go into that and what all that implies and what it means in terms of our of value, values, if you will. Um, and uh, to give you a little heads up on that, having been both a classroom professor and a coach, I have uh, uh, this um, division in my mind of both worlds, each of which is connected by teaching, curiously enough. And it's um, been an interesting uh, experience for me to have one foot in each world at one point in my life. The, um, and the talk show host stuff is not a lot different. Um, people feed off of your enthusiasm and passion if you're a coach, if you're a teacher or whatever. Um, that, that goes a long way. If you just got a monotone voice and you talk like maybe you're 14, 15 years old and, and uh, you know, you're just kind of plodding along, why? Maybe that small peer group will listen to you, but uh, you won't do too well in the coaching world. So you got to rile everybody up and get them going. You know, it's a funny world, and it's many ways here that what we're looking at in terms of this uh, uh, Brittany Griner. And I have to report um, on something that starts off Coach Hogg's locker room. And I don't know what you make of it, but uh, Dennis Rodman has always been a fascinating character. Uh, his public display of himself as kind of a billboard for drawings, as my mother called tattoos and piercings and all that business would have been uh, just another, you know, oddball show at the circus had he not been such a great rebounder. And he really was a great rebounder, played there with the Bulls and complimented that team and played his role pretty well. And his extravagance kind of um, um, was his brand that became his marketing appeal. And he's gone over the place with that where angels probably fear to tread. You know, he's been to North Korea. I don't know what he got done there, but supposedly uh, the guy who runs the communist North Korea part of the peninsula there is a basketball fan and took in with open arms, if uh, expression can be used in that case, for, of course, um, um, our buddy Dennis Rodman. I don't know what he accomplished. I don't know if he got anything done. But he went probably places that presidents have gone and 
diplomats haven't gone. So he has a kind of an oddball uh, familiarity with uh, other oddballs, if you will. And um, they recognize themselves, I guess, when they see him coming. So now of all things, you know, Uncle Joe Sleepy Biden, uh, at least from what we can tell, uh, and one more ineffective gesture has been to uh, get a trade if you uh, for Brittany Griner. Now, there's all sorts of schools of thought about her, of course. Um, she's the one who walked out of the uh, WNBA because of the police brutality and all that business and played the BLM card to Hilt, uh, which we'll get into and cover a little bit later. But, uh, you know, now all of a sudden she wants good old Uncle Sam to come and get her. And of all things, it looks like Dennis Rodman is going to take a stab at it. Uh, he got permission. This is according to uh, 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 Todd Houston, who follows uh, um, the sports for Breitbart. He said uh, Dennis Rodman got permission to go to Russia uh, to, quote, help that girl. And uh, I don't know what kind of permission he got or from whom he got it or nobody in this article seems to have the sign off on that. But the, that girl he's referring to, of course, is that girl. And it's interesting. All of a sudden, the uh, nouns and pronouns are applicable. I thought we were trying to hide the sexuality of everybody. But of course, you know, it depends on who's Borat the cabbage. Uh, in this case, uh, it's convenient, I suppose. Uh, I don't know, psychologically, to refer to her as that girl. And, you know, since I guess Dennis Rodman is doing it, uh, he can get away with it. And, and somebody else, if they had somebody else had called Brittany Griner a girl, uh, why, you know, there would have been all kinds of Hades to pay for it. Uh, so anyway, apparently Dennis Rodman can use the term. Uh, that girl is in WNBA star, of course, Brittany Griner. And she was given a nine and a half year sentence uh, for possession of illegal drugs, which, of course, she uh, claimed she didn't know was in there. It kind of brings back the, the Stephen Yender Long defense when uh, we covered uh, some public records so we can talk about it. Uh, he's going down the road and is snagged by the, the gendarmes and, and his pockets are cocaine. And um, his defense is that, well, these are not my pants. So we always laugh about that. It's that these are not my pants defense. Uh, I borrowed these pants from somebody and never checked the pockets. So, you know, creativity exists everywhere. Um, really, spontaneity and genius is just in the uh, idiot savant. So that's a classic example. So she's claiming, I guess, the Stephen Yender Long defense. I came with my packed suitcase and never really knew that this was in my own packed suitcase. So this uh, sentence apparently is typical of what any Russian would get for this transgression because the world of crime, which we're familiar with and getting worse and worse, and we'll cover that a little bit later, uh, is not accepted to that extent in Russia, particularly the drug world. Uh, it seems that we're the market, the international market for every drug known to man, the most dangerous, dangerous of which lately has been fentanyl. Uh, you can draw your own social observations from that. Where do we get the discretionary money? Or what does it mean to the values of our culture? 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the, 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 but Broadman has been trying to position himself apparently as an unofficial ambassador uh, to dictatorships. That, that's interesting that the dictatorships would uh, tolerate, maybe they want to go to the circus too and see what one of these guys is like. Uh, you remember, he, as I said, he visited North Korea several times and he's actually publicly praised uh, Vladimir Putin as quote unquote in the language that Rodman uses, uh, actually cool. Um, that's, <laughs> uh, in 2018, Rodman even claimed that the Trump White House thanked him for helping to ease tensions between uh, North Korea and the U.S. So um, the details of this thing are, are remain scarce. Um, we don't really know what the thing is, what is going on. But I'm, I assure you that there's no question in my mind about what Rodman will go. And I wouldn't be surprised, but what, you know, he, one freak to another, if you will, if that's your view of them, communicate, they all get in a huddle and work something. I don't know. It's stranger than fiction, but it makes a good story, doesn't it not? Now, um, the, uh, in April, the U.S. successfully uh, swapped a Russian pilot uh, in exchange for an imprisoned Marine. But, you know, these deals, uh, they, they have a lot of uh, oddity to them. So I would just give it to you. The oddest of this oddity is that it is uh, really uh, Dennis Rodman involved and I think he's an interesting character. I mean, I who need everybody need everyone should have one. He's a he's really quite the topic of conversation. But he could back it up. He was a very good rebounder. You know, as I was saying, this is Coach Hogg's locker room. And when I was a coach, I was also a classroom uh, teacher, and I taught the honors kids. Uh, the fast, quick learner, supposedly, uh, in the school. At the same time, I went out on the field and coached the football players. And I've said this before many, many times. When I when I taught at Gainesville High, coached at Gainesville High, there was a, the only air-conditioned room at the school was something called the Teaching Auditorium. It had been the most recently built building. And, of course, there were some other buildings air-conditioned, it was the administrative offices and, of course, the coaches' offices. Yes, yes, yes. Everything else in the classroom, <clears throat> we roasted our fannies off, okay? I even had to open the windows and let the students sit on the windowsills during the really hot months because it, it was just piddle. It, it, it was like being sentenced to the holds of the ship. And this was where we taught. And we had, oh, a large number of people. Uh, as a classroom teacher, you taught all day long. But as the coach, if you were a full-blown coach and did nothing else but coach, then you had study halls. Since I was a hybrid, I had study hall also. So, and I knew how to run a study hall from having been to military school. So that wasn't any problem. But the coaching world, I remember one time I had a troublesome kid. He was a 10th grader. He would lip off. He wouldn't listen to anything you'd say. He'd disrupt the class. And, you know, you'd get exasperated with him. I couldn't do anything with him. 
uh, you know, without disrupting and stopping the whole thing and getting in a, a shout down with him. So I went to my coaching buddies and I told them, I said, this kid is giving me and wasting time in a class for the other students. And my coaching buddy says, don't worry, we'll take care of that. This is two different worlds. And the kid's got to take PE down here. And when he does, he'll go to come back to you a different person. Well, I never inquired. I never wanted to know. But I know that once that young man went down to his coaching contacts, whatever happened, in his behavior in the classroom was never the same. He never lipped off to me one second more. Something happened to him when the coaches got a hold of him. Now, of course, I being a coach couldn't be a coach in the classroom. I had to be a teacher in the classroom. But in the coaching world, I could be a coach, and it was a lot different, buddy. A lot different. There is something about that which is at the core of our society's values. And it's a mystery to me why we don't recognize it more blatantly. We don't spend any money on a classroom teacher at all. We can't keep them. The, the experiences they have and the conditions even now with quote-unquote, air-conditioned classrooms that they have is untenable. Uh, I, I know a teacher that all of a sudden, here came all these immigrant kids. This is just like a week ago. Not one of whom can speak English is going into the regular school system. This teacher, fortunately, happens to also speak Spanish. But most of the teachers she teaches with don't. So she's called in to help in all sorts of classes and all sorts of situations because she can speak Spanish to these kids who have quote unquote, really been dumped here by the open border, much to their uh, disadvantage. And we're so supposed to, that would never happen on a football field. We would never have any surprises like that, even with, the transfer portal, as chaotic as it is compared to the old way of doing business, we would never have that situation. It wouldn't happen. So something about the values of that, I think, are reflected in something I'm going to talk about just for a moment, the Heavener Football Training Center, which just opened recently. I love the name. It's so close to heaven. Heavener, who have donated, I guess that's how it all works. Uh, this thing is an arm and a leg, $85 million. Can you imagine what I, I haven't figured out what that is per player, but can you imagine what $85 million would do for the classroom school situation in terms of putting a student pupil ratio into more? Uh, teachable relationships. This deal started really once again because sort of like this. Well, Johnny's got a new bike. I need a new bike. Now, if I told my old man that, he'd say, here is a used bike 
and you learn how to fix it. I would never get a new bike just because Johnny had a new bike. I mean, that just was the way it was. But there were families that I went to school with when I was a kid. If Johnny got a new bike, then Billy got one a little bit better. And this is kind of the way the football world is. If you look at it, it's a very immature level of male behavior. I mean, it really is. And the guys who hang around it, I know all about them. You know, they, they, they are obsessed with this stuff. And why, you ask yourself, you know, why is it that this grabs the imagination more than anything else? Now, let's just, just you know, this kind of started with LSU doing its thing. And uh, there's a joke. We had lunch the other day. I go to the jock lunches and we were talking about the old days and the old whirlpools. Now, the thing about the old whirlpools, if you climbed into one, and soaked your butt in there for a while. Hey, when you got out, the next guy got into this. Then nobody emptied the whirlpool, and the next sweaty guy got in there, and then the next sweaty. Nobody. You can catch all kinds of stuff in the locker room. I'm not going to go into some of the things that were caught in there, in the taping room, and the you know. But I tell you what, it was not the most cleanliness. In fact, I always suspected. We kept it that way on purpose. I know we did. We never swept out our weight room because we wanted that weight room to imitate the nasty uh, trudge of the goal line stand. You know why? We didn't want any clean antiseptic stuff because that wasn't what these guys were playing in. <clears throat> All that is now, my friends, totally different. You are pampered beyond pampered. Now, things do change. Once upon a time, in the NFL locker rooms, there were, there were uh, uh, ashtrays, and guys smoked like crazy. I mean, who were NFL players? So things do change. And now we have changed to where we are, to the place of the pampered athlete. And if you don't pamper the athlete, then you don't get them. Now, here's what this particular heaven, slice of heaven, I think rather than call it the heaven or football training center, it should be called a slice of heaven because here we have cryotherapy chambers, saunas, barber shops, basketball court, virtual reality room, motion lit hallways, hydro works pools, game room, float tank, uh, plunge pool. Hey, there you are. I will assure you, your average student at Florida doesn't get in the place. <clears throat> so the epicenter of the whole thing, so writes Yahoo Sports, is the locker room. And that's where the players have their own little domains. But does it smell like locker rooms? No. There's a big effort to keep it from even smelling like a locker room. Scientists and engineers and um, all of those have been caught, caught up in the, in the quest to make this thing exactly the opposite of what I was familiar with. We kept it dirty and filthy on purpose. And yes, you were liable to catch anything you know, on the taping table or in the tub. So... The executive associate athletics director for internal affairs, 
Um, this is this is a this is done by a, uh, I don't know. Supposedly, the best d brain they could get uh, is a guy who oversaw this project. It's a red brick building, and it's uh, called the Seventh Heavener. Now, the football powers, according to this article, have been trying to outswank each other for the last decade. I mentioned Alabama. I mentioned LSU. Uh, you know, this is supposed to be what you got to have to get the best. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out, will we not? So um, the uh, critics, of course, you don't call them common sense people. You just call them critics are appalled at the excess um, to see these student hyphen athletes. And I think you can, can de-emphasize the student part of it more and more and emphasize the athlete part more and more and emphasize the pro athlete part of it more and more. Um, they, uh, um, um, they, they have to hold the try and somebody down the road is going to come up with something better. And as soon as they come up with something better, uh, of course, everybody else is going to have to. So you got a floor of rich blue carpet. The ceiling is bathed in an orange glow, white lockers <clears throat> with black chairs. Um, the chairs are like the first class seats on an airplane. They're thickly padded. They don't even look. I mean, I swear they're better than your best uh, easy chair in grandpa's living room. They're zero gravity chairs. Uh, you can put a 400 pound guy in there and uh, he, he feels like he's in some foam padded cushion thing. Uh, there's a console separating the chairs. They have a, they can recharge their phones there. Oh, God forbid somebody's without his phone. Um, there's a bench area for storage. Um, there's a, um, it, it, it just is, you know, trying to stay up with the Joneses. And if Johnny got a new bike, then Billy's got to have one too. Uh, each locker is equipped with Normatech air compression boots of that, according to the website, biomimicry to replicate the natural muscle pumps on one-way valves of the legs. I've got to take a sip of coffee. I need that. My God. In other words, it's support hoses. And this locker room supposedly is so advanced, it doesn't really smell like a locker room. You could take your mama in there, apparently. And uh, it is a, uh, you know, you, you know, dirty socks, jocks, all that kind of crap. Um, that's that's um, that's a thing of the past. So there's a compartment for cleats and pads and helmets. Drying fans suck the stench. I like that phrase through the ducts and into the atmosphere, uh, where it's going to be probably destroyed by ozone. There you go, and uh, it's really state of the arts. No more. Hey, it used to be that you go to your locker and you'd open up your stuff in there from yesterday and it would have white dried crusty salt rings on it and you give it a shake and put it on <clears throat> that's the way it was that was manly manly men did that you go to the locker room look at the stuff hanging in there it would have dried crusty white salt rings snap that piece of garment a couple of times breaking up the rings and slap that baby on so 
Uh, and when you're done, finally stuff it into a dirty laundry bag with a fishnet tie and uh, stuff all that back in the locker. Um, that That is not the way we're doing it now at a slice of heaven. Now, uh, this is uh, 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 Whitley writing about this, David Whitley. You can read all sorts of uh, sports. It's a sports writer uh, love affair. You have to sort of tee off with language and words when you write about this. Um, there, uh, um, each locker, each locker. Now, this is just a locker. I mean, I'm not talking about the equipment and all the other stuff. Each locker in a slice of heaven cost about $15,000. So uh, there you go. And it better be superior to that which Georgia has or some other place where the kid is going to be attracted to going. And uh, if you're not careful, he's going to go if your locker room smells worse than Georgia's. But you think this is the end of the story. It's not. <clears throat> the Big Ten has just reached a seven-year TV deal for up to $7.5 billion. Okay? Now, this is a society's values. By a society's sports, you can judge a society's values. Okay? It's very, very simple. Hey, if this were a sport about checkers or chess, uh, no, no. But, you know, oddly enough, this has always struck me as really strange and interesting. The sport, if you will, that is most popular, that is the event, that is the premier featured identity event of Russia is not football. It's ballet. It's ballet. Okay. Okay. All right. That alone ought to be a message enough to Putin that will whip your fanny any nation that's national identity is ballet compared to a nation that's football. Hey, game over. So the Big Ten has struck a massive new seven-year contract with Fox, CBS, and NBC. Um, that's worth about $7.5 billion because there are really only two conferences now. That's the SEC for all practical purposes and the Big Ten. And so you can see what you've got to do. If you're going to survive as a conference, you've got to get out there and scramble uh, for TV time and pay the piper. Now, the Big Ten's contract is the richest ever for a college athletic conference and the latest landmark in the value of college football broadcasting. You know, if I were a sports show, I would have to turn away advertisers. I mean, you know, it's the safest bet in the world. I mean, if I just abandon trying to keep the people informed about some of the most critical issues in their lives, I just went to sports talk. I'd have to beat the door down. I mean, it's, it's no secret. So that's another way you can look at how many people are well-informed 
about what coach coaches where, what many money is spent where, as compared to what they know about their politicians and their candidates. I have been called repeatedly by people asking me to tell them how who they should vote for. And these people are the same ones who can give you exactly the down and distance of every jock within 100 miles. More than that, even. Just set that down in your day book and make your own notes about it. It is what it is. <clears throat> so the Big Ten is trying to really separate itself from the other leagues by expanding a geographic outreach. And this is one way to do it through the nation's top media markets. So the SEC has already done something similar uh, last year. Uh, they added Texas and Oklahoma uh, by 2025. And they made a deal with ESPN uh, to, to uh, 800 million annually in media rights, according to somebody who's familiar. Now, the Big Ten now has 16 members. So uh, this is, you know, once again, Johnny has a new bike. OK, the Atlantic Coast Conference, um, it's got about 397 million. So already, you know, a slice of heaven is just one part of the whole issue. It's much bigger than that, is it not? It's down to who's watching television, the rights, um, uh, the down and distance and all that. Um, and by the way, what keeps the Gainesville sunset going is the uh, sports section, the sports writers. The sports writers of a paper still deliver basically if, they're, if they don't get over too much into this politicalization of sports, into reportage that people want to get up every day and read about. The rest of the paper has been, it, it shot itself in the foot a long time ago. Sports writers, I could do that. I mean, I, that wouldn't be a problem. It'd be easy, really very easy to tell you the truth. So um, that's that keeps the paper alive. So uh, already we've had this, all over the place, uh, pre-conference games. But these new deals are, are uh, once again upping the ante to play the game. They're expanding the Big Tens, uh, the SECs. They're hooking up with more of the television networks. And uh, this is not, not the end by any, any means of the imagination. Uh, there's going to be all sorts of uh, uh, streaming agreements and um, new member schools come in. They're all going to be wanting to get in on it, are they not? To be part of that advertising marketing package. Well, that is my Gator update for today. The tennis deal update, uh, I mean, the uh, TV deals updates. Um, the, the tennis world is getting ready to ramp up with the U.S. Open, which unfortunately is taking place in a city now that people are starting to want to stay away from. The crime rate is out to yin-yang. Uh, you know, it's just not considered a safe, desirable place to go. And nevertheless, the U.S. Open is going to be held there. Uh, again, we'll see how it draws, but it is an international event. And it's the last of the big hardcore events that take place in the tennis world circuit. Um, we've had several interesting tournaments leading up to it and some great matches because the young kids coming along <clears throat> are playing with the latest technology in rackets, the latest technology in strings. They're hitting balls off the ground 85, 90 miles an hour. 
you're hitting serves up around 140 miles an hour. There's no baseball pitcher that has to can com- can compete with the servers in tennis. So it's quite an interesting sport. Um, the speed and the attic ability of the people who are playing the game now is superior to anything it's ever been. So we'll be right back on uh, on Coach Hogg's locker room. We'll and we'll return to uh, Professor uh, Ward's out here and the Warthog Command Center. Be right back. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. A warthog. He's gonna come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Now we're going to have a little bit of the weather thanks to Lewis Oil, one of our sponsors. Great friend, great sponsor. Um, Ward's weather report. Well, I am very curious if anybody out there was subject to the huge electric storm that came through this area but missed us. We got to watch it from the back porch here at the Windy Hill Farm. And, man, it was unbelievable, most incredible lightning display. It came to the uh, southeast of us, moved off toward Lake Cross and up in that area. If anybody out there was subject to this thing, my golly, you must have really had a downfall of rain. We missed it. And that's the way it's going to be on the weather. You may be subject all of a sudden 
uh, to the biggest thunder boomer you've ever seen around here, and you may miss it. It might be right down the road from you. Uh, it is generally a little bit cooler, not a lot. It's going to be up to about 90 degrees today, but it's still humid. <clears throat> but it's enough of a difference that you might want to be able to work in the yard a little bit later through the morning and maybe a little bit early. Uh, Michael Lucas has a couple of very close lightning strikes. Um, yeah, um, there was a big, huge, I saw at red cells, and we were hunkering down here thinking we were going to get it. Uh, the sun rose at 7.01 this morning. It's going to set at 8.04. And as we look at the sun moving the tree line, it is beginning its trek to the south. So uh, we will be entering into our fall season very soon. Uh, the national scene, of course, is uh, out west, of course, and they're suffering uh, 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 all sorts of extreme issues with water and heat. And um, that's, that's one of the problems that they've been having probably over too much population uh, uh, combined with odd weather events have rendered them in some real serious uh, situations and dire straits out there. We do have uh, a little bit of disturbance over in one of the Gulf. I think it's over on the uh, uh, peninsula side of, of, of uh, on the western side of the Gulf and maybe coming up. We never know where they're going to go. We're beginning again that season, so keep an eye out for it. So Try to avoid the lightning today. That's the biggie that you got to be careful of. Thank you very much to Lewis Oil for giving us time to talk with you about the weather. Uh, the weather is iffy. That's basically the conclusion I would give you about it. It is iffy. Well, 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 several power outages. My good buddy Jack Phillips says uh, uh, we expected to fire a power outage. We do back up on generators here in case that comes, but uh, it can it can get you. It can get you pretty suddenly. I got to talk a little bit with you now about some of the local races that I get questions about. And I get the darndest questions about whom to vote for, as I was talking about a moment ago. And let me just make a point that the school board races and supposedly the Gainesville City races are nonpartisan. But really and truly, as my good country people say, if it's real, it's true. It's true, it's real, I guess. <clears throat> the school board races come down to either are you woke or you're not woke? Because the Democrat candidates, <clears throat> excuse me, are all into the woke, if you will, and what does woke stand for? It stands for the belief that America is biased and systematic, systemic, racist, that whole thing, and it must be corrected through the school curriculum. You must go back in and teach people not the three R's, but, you know, have a big re-education camp and subject them to all sorts of psychological rearrangement of their uh, spiritual life. <clears throat> that is something that is uh, pretty much characterizes any of the woke candidates, all of whom are the Democrat candidates, none of whom is supposed to be known as a Democrat candidate. Basically, the new candidates are all anti-woke candidates uh, who don't want to reduce uh, the education system to that sort of uh, uh, ideology or, or have it corrupted by that sort of ideology. So that's how I separate it for you. You take your pick. Um, in terms of the judges, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> 
the uh, allergies really kind of bother me this time of year. But in terms of the judges, the only one who is not a part of the good old boys system, who's an outsider, is Scott. Uh, Brewer is part of the state attorney's office. Before here, he was a state attorney's office, I think, in with Brad King in Marion County. He's uh, a Democrat, You're, you know, and what, what that means, of course, he's supposed to be nonpartisan racist too, is the soft on crime. Uh, already, this state attorney has a reputation for, even though he's a Republican, being soft on crime. And that's basically the way these judges and this judicial system is being evaluated. Um, how is it that, you know, these guys that you should be locking up or out again, doing the very same thing all over again. Uh, it must be that you gave them a slap on the wrist when you should have been more firm. Now they'll reply that the jails are crammed and uh, the criminals keep coming and what are we gonna do? Uh, but that doesn't satisfy the public's fear factor. More and more the public is frightened. I'll just use that word. They look over their shoulder everywhere they go. They expect violence can pick them out randomly almost any place they go. They're almost beginning to feel as if every street is a Chicago street. So uh, that's the way probably is, is a way to look at the judges. There's only one judge candidate who's an outsider, and that's Scott. In terms of, uh, uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, the problem with education, uh, diversity, and inclusion, which we've been talking about, can sort of be summed up. Uh, David Ferdoso has written about this in the Washington Examiner. And this, I'm already out on Ward's Hot Bulletin Board is evidence that this is already being done at the University of Florida. You take a look at that uh, music uh, college indoctrination by a black dean who insists that everything be rearranged now to purge itself even in dance of any white influence. So now we have a situation, all this craziness, everybody's always in education, believe, starts at Berkeley, University of California. And if you're going to be uh, recruited for a job at the University of California, uh, you must first write a short essay about how much you support the diversity equity and inclusion. Now, that philosophy, you have to write about it. <clears throat> they want to know what you think about it. They want to know how you write about it. And that's one of the first hurdles you have to cross if you're going to be even entertained for a job at the University of California, Berkeley. So nearly two years ago, um, um, some of the guys who were criticizing this compared it to taking an oath supporting communism. Uh, uh, that That is, uh, but you criticize it, you won't get a job. So you have to have a lot of enthusiasm to even be entertained for a job at Berkeley uh, about this racist ideology known as uh, the woke uh, culture. So the, 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 the belief you much hold basically is that everyone is the same. So this is so paradoxical 
to meritocracy, which is the belief everyone has the same opportunity. See, there's a difference. There's a corruption. And that's what's going on in the local school board battle. It's going on all across the country. It's why DeSantis has gotten involved in these things and is supporting any woke school candidates, school board candidates. School board races are probably more important now, this time around, than they've ever been. So we're all watching the school board race outcome more than any other race. The city of Gainesville, you stick a fork in it, it's over. It doesn't matter who runs it. It's always going to be run incorrectly, ineptly, expensively, redundantly. Um, it, it's done. The city of Gainesville doesn't really have much hope for it. Stay out of it. Move out of it. If you can get out of it, move out of it. If you can get away from GRU, get away from it. Um, the school system is another story. How are you going to escape that? Well, you, everybody can't afford to go to O'Call. Everybody, you know, there's a lot of people just, some do the homeschooling. Um, but that's one option. But the public school system is really, really in a mess right now. So it is reflected in this. Here are, the, here are the people who would get a job at a university who would eventually possibly be trained to work in a school system. But they can't even get a job in the university if they don't subscribe to the woke philosophy. So um, you have to you have to be able to, uh, quote unquote, welcome and encourage students of all races, genders and backgrounds. Well, that goes without saying. I mean, everybody gets the opportunity to succeed. So um, it, it is it is it has been corrupted into everybody is the same. Everybody is not the same. I can't dunk a basketball like um, uh, Shaquille O'Neal. That's not ever going to happen. So this is this is a um, this is a litmus test that's being used to determine whether or not, quote unquote, the school system from college to elementary is acceptable. And it all is wrapped up in, believe it or not, um, the election deniers. And I'm going to show you why and how those two things, how the woke is connected to the election deniers. You see, Trump has been cast as a white supremacist. All right. That's a very convenient way to say anytime you want to that he's against diversity and inclusion. So that becomes an antithetical kind of position that you can tee off against. And the leader against that has been Liz Cheney. Let's go back and see. I think the Washington Examiner author here must have listened to me on the show the other day because I told you, I suggested to you why this Liz Cheney became the head of the Inquisition of, um, of Trump on the so-called January 6th thing. Let's remember who she is. She is the daughter of the vice president to a Bush. Now, let's remember Jeb Bush. And let's remember that he was the fair haired boy of the Republican Party dynasty, if you will, run by the senior Bush, then the son Bush. And now the next Bush. And this was supposed to be the equivalent 
to a dynasty that might have been in its day somewhat comparable to Kennedy. So you have the Bushes. And it was sort of expected that Jeb Bush would become the presidential nominee, had a ton of cash. And what does Trump do? He comes along and starts calling him low energy Jeb. Well, the place, the Republican establishment, party power favorites blow up. There's a curmudgeon up there in Tallahassee by the name of um, of uh, Stepanovich, Max Stepanovich, who I know real well. Um, he's a he's a Democrat curmudgeon. He he's a, um, a political hustler. In to paraphrase his consulting job, and he is supposed to be the the um, candidate maker. He, his advice is supposed to be golden, and if you follow it, why it's automatic, you become uh, the leader. But he didn't. It didn't work out, and he became so upset about that that he, he still hasn't gotten over it. So that's kind of where we are. The Cheneys never got over this. They hate Trump because Trump came along, did he not? And absolutely destroyed the supposed identity of the Republican Party. And the Republican old guard, hence I call uh, the, the litmus test today, the litmus test for the re old Republican guard is whether or not you are an election denier. Because if you are an election denier, uh, then it follows that you are what? Outside the old Republican guard, because the old Republican guard should have been the choice all along instead of Trump. You follow this. So the Liz Cheney defeat is even a firmer, resounding rejection of the old Republican guard and a further concern about who now is running the Republican Party. So much so that Cheney has lumped DeSantis into this mess as an election denier. <clears throat> I pay attention to this stuff every day, and I don't remember, uh, then correct me if I'm wrong, DeSantis ever really focusing on being election denier. He's been focusing on election integrity. You see how words matter? So because he's focused on election integrity, Cheney calls him an election denier. He's not an election denier. He's an election integrity. But she's trying to already <clears throat> associate him with Trump should he become the Republican candidate for president. Because if he becomes a Republican candidate for president, he will not have come through the old Republican structure, which I think is healthy. Let him come through and on his own merits, and he's got many of them. So remember, Trump's march through the GOP began with his humiliation of Jeb Bush, who was supposed to have been the Republican nominee 
And there you go. Um, he used Jeb Bush, Trump did as a foil in the 2014-16 primary debates. <clears throat> so writes the examiner. They've noticed the same thing I've noticed. He branded him low energy Jeb. He treated Jeb Bush as a symbol of the party's inclination to be passive in the light of, um, in the midst of big, heavy political battles. <clears throat> so uh, he also used the Bush name uh, to suggest that Mr. Senior Bush really didn't understand all the issues involved in the Iraq war particularly about the claims of mass weapons of mass destruction. Um, so it was really a very successful tactic by Bush. One that nobody really in the beginning, if you remember, uh, gave uh, 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 Trump much credit for being able to, to, uh, to use successfully. Um, they, they, uh, back in the day, you may recall this quote, uh, this was Nicholas Burns, who was a former Bush State Department official. Uh, I can count on one hand the number of people I work with who are supporting Trump. Well, this is a guy, Nicholas Burns, who was part of the deep state. The Republicans have their people who are part of the deep state, too. And so in the deep state, this guy, Nicholas Burns, says, I don't know of anybody who was supporting Trump. Well, that's the point. Trump came there to deal with the deep state. The people sent him there because the people are sick and tired, at least 75 million of them. The country split 50-50 for whatever reason. There it is. Um, so this is the battleground that has been, and Cheney has flipped over. She's not so much attacking Trump as she is trying to recreate the old party guard, this is a litmus test of which she was a part and which she would play a major role should it ever return. Now, McCain was in on this. McCain was a Trump hater because Trump made the comment that the only kind of guy uh, I, I like is the kind of guy who wasn't captured, something to that effect. <clears throat> Romney wasn't was not he had his shot if he'd just not been a wimp when they attacked him on this thing about 47 percent you know he was absolutely dead right but he, he buckled when they had planted the video camera in there he rather than bow up he, he or he would have been president Romney very easily could have been president instead of Obama and imagine the, the direction the country could have gone in maybe then but Romney also would have been part of the old guard. So um, the Bush family name is essentially uh, uh, what Cheney is trying to protect, which she was a part of, which her primary defeat uh, really signals, in her mind especially, the finality of that influence in uh, uh, political in the political circles uh, that are coming up in the fall, so it is it is going to be interesting to see how that that makes its way uh, through the 
the thing. Here are some of the things that Cheney has done. Um, she, uh, uh, let's see, uh, it's just another article here that I've done a little research on. She, now here's the next part, and I guess this is worth talking about. The next person Cheney's group has, they want to try to break down. See, this is a back to the, see, Pence wants to be the president. So if you're Pence, are you going to stick up for Trump, which 75 million of the people still like? Or are you going to knuckle under, go to the go to the January 6th Inquisition and testify in effect against Trump in order to curry favor of the old Republican Guard? I think that's going to be a very interesting thing to watch. First of all, will Pence testify when the committee resumes public hearings next month? And then will he succumb to the political choice of either supporting the newcomer to the Republican Party, Trump, who everybody thinks has now redefined it because of the primary people winning that Trump supported? Or will he kind of seek the favor of Cheney? Because in thinking, even with Cheney out, Cheney still is connected to the old guard and still is thinking in her mind, at least, that she can be, she can, is in control of the presidential line of succession. And she, therefore, is pontificating on every dadgum thing that you can imagine. And she's calling it, uh, the, 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 the litmus test for this is whether or not they're election denier. And if they're election denier, they're a Trumper. And if they're a tr Trumper, they're anti-woke, it all falls into place. So be, 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 be aware of this. Watch this. It's going to be an interesting kind of uh, battle coming up. It's taking place at a local level. It's taking place uh, at a state level. We've got a governor who's thoroughly involved in it. And, of course, it's taking place at a national level. Have a great day. Warhol Command Center out.